You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Put down $1 on any NFL game for new customers. And guess what? You get $100 in free plays if either team scores. That's how cool it is. That's what we're talking about right here. Joined by Anthony Gimino. I'm Mike Luke. All right. On assignment here, we got a lot of people rushing in and out, uh, as you can see, trying to get down to the uh, post or trying to get down to the post game stadium. But uh, Anthony, 38 to 15. Uh, and, you know, honestly, this just felt like a team in ASU that once they got their footing, they were just better than Arizona was out there. I think it was pretty much that simple. They were better, but the result could have been a little bit different. Sorry, you kind of had to drive all the way up there just to see the same script you've seen seven, eight, nine times for right. the rest of the season. Competitive but inefficient. Competitive but turnover firm. Competitive, but really stupid with penalties. That's an Arizona season, and that was Arizona's game against ASU. I mean, if I had told you, Mike, they were going to outgain ASU 396 to 314 and hold Jaden Daniels to 86 yards passing, right? you thought you might have thought Arizona would be winning this game. But and if, they, I, were, and if they, I were to tell – go ahead. Yeah, they, they gave away 14 points. And if I, mean, I were to tell, tell you, it gave away 14 points. Right. And if I were to tell you, too, that uh, Will Plummer would throw for 350 yards, you're thinking to yourself, okay, the Cats have a real chance here. But what you saw, too, was like you said, it's just kind of a rehashing of everything that Arizona fans have seen this entire season. In that, yes, you threw for a lot of yards, it looked okay. But you know what? When the chips were really down, Arizona just wasn't able to make plays that it needed to make. And, you know, quite frankly, there was a guy in the media uh, from ASU that was sitting next to me and he said, you know, if you look at the scoreboard right here, it was uh, you could make the case that it was Arizona uh, or Will Plummer 15 or 14 ASU 15. I mean, that's just kind of the feeling that you had. This was a team that I think, you know, did enough to keep it competitive. But like you said, even against a team like ASU, where there's so many errors that are, that occur for the Sun Devils, Arizona still comes out of that looking just meh. Yeah. I mean, I think in this game, ASU, after last season and what happened with 70 to seven, ASU mm. was going to be content to win this game close. Right. They just wanted to run the ball. They wanted to stack the box on defense, play press coverage, let Will Plummer try to beat them. Mm-hmm. He got the yards, but Will Plummer made Will Plummer mistakes. He gave up two turnovers that, that handed ASU what they were looking for. That, that right. Two plays that led directly to point. And yeah, Arizona made more plays than it usually does in the in the longer passing game. Right. But still nothing that nothing that changed the game. Right. And you talked about that. There was just like almost all season, there were no super game changing plays, offensively or defensively. Right. And I think going into the year, I just wanted to have an idea of who the quarterback was going to if the quarterback was on this roster. And I was all for after a couple games, I saw enough from Gunner Cruz to say that you know what, that's not really the guy. That's not the <laughs> that's not the guy that you're going to win games with. I wanted to see what you had out of Will Plummer. Will Plummer to me at this point, and this is no you know indictment on the kid, but Will Plummer is a career backup type. You know what? He's a guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's kind of, we talked about it before, he's kind of the Brady Batten guy that you have, you know, always kind of waiting in the bullpen, but 
you don't want to really go into the game with Will Plummer as your QB or go into a season with Will Plummer as your QB because there's just too many mistakes that occur throughout the period of a game. And look at it. Well, yeah, I mean, you just look at it this game. You had the fumble, which uh, basically led to seven points. And then you had the pick six, which led. Those are two plays that you just can't make under any circumstance whatsoever. Yeah, not not in a game like this. And we've seen, you know, I, I think I'd be comfortable if he was the backup or the third string guy and he had to step into a game in an emergency. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he had to start for a, a week or two. Right. You can manage that. And he showed some good things. And it's likely to improve. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's not going to be your starting quarterback. Right, for sure. I think that we've seen enough from that. So, you know what? If you come out of this season with one thing, you know, you know that that quarterback probably isn't on the roster right now as we are. I mean, he might be with Jordan McLeod. But, but what did we really see? We saw six quarters. Yeah, for sure. And that's why when people are banking on it saying, well, we got Jordan McLeod ready to rock and roll next season. Well, you know, he would be in the competition for me. But at the same time, this isn't a guy that I'm looking at and I'm saying to myself, he's 100 percent going to be the starter because you're kind of limiting yourself at that uh at, at that point. Okay. Now, as always, this is brought to you by DraftKings coming to you live on a remote. Here's the great, great deal you got going on right now. If you put down basically for a new customer, if you put down, let's see, $1 on any team to score on any team to score, you can win a hundred dollars in free plays. It's really that simple. I know it sounds a little too good to be true. It's true. You know what? I've utilized it. Anthony's utilized it. We can all sit here and say that that's really been the case. Now you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, and then basically you're ready to rock and roll then. Now, if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Arizona only, 21 and up. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Anthony, let me ask you this. Going into the game, I thought that the stat, or I thought the uh, the line of 20.5 was, I thought Arizona would cover that. I, But you know what? I mean, and if Arizona didn't do Arizona things, they probably do cover that. And I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the the highlight of what we're talking about here with the U of A. Yeah. I, I can't say I was backing the A today, Mike. Uh, Anthony, that should be a way of life. You shouldn't have to put it there. But I wasn't not backing the A. I just chose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. You ignored the A. I ignored the A. And you think that's okay? Well, yeah, from a betting point of view, yeah, I think that was a really good decision. <laughs> was a good, it was a good decision. Now, let's talk about going forward here. A lot of people are saying, you know, uh, Don Brown, he takes the UMass job. First and foremost, I wanted to ask you, because you're a national writer, obviously, for Lindy's, and you've been in the know for quite a while. Um, I was, you know, the last couple games weren't great, obviously, but I loved what I saw from Don Brown this season for the most part. I think that he's going to be a a big loss, and I think they're going to have to really comb the – they're going to really have to comb everywhere to try to find somebody that can adequately replace him. Well, um, I'm sure you've probably heard as many good names as I have as potential replacements. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he did did some good things. He – they, for the last three, four years, Arizona has been in that like 110 to 125 range nationally in defense. This year, at least they're more in the 60 range, 60 to 70 range. Again, they, they did a pretty good job defensively on ASU today. 
a few yards. Uh, I think I think Jeb with his connections, I think he'll be able to find someone. You know, I think there's a lot of good coaches, candidates out there, probably some we've never even heard of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he may have also, Don Brown may, you know, whoever they bring in is going to have to put his own stamp and style on it. But I think Don Brown kind of instilled just the baseline, foundational way to play. And they played harder and tougher than we've seen in since really like the Scooby years. So if they right. just maintain that with whatever style, I'm okay with so Okay. So yeah, go ahead. Let's hear from a low-tone Capone. Great nickname. He says, Cats played hard. Devils did just enough. Give Fish another year or the 96th of the Territorial Cup will be a doozy. I'm going to say it's going to be a doozy for a couple different uh, uh, aspects. First and foremost, I don't think ASU is going to be very good next year. Now I said that hopefully low because I'm in ASU territory right now. Um you could be looking at obviously a lot of turnover there and you would certainly think that Arizona is going to improve to a certain extent. Let me ask you this, Anthony, going into this off season, then if you're the overseer, if you're Jed fish of the football program, what are the areas that you're looking to attack with this team, whether through the transfer portal, JUCOs, recruits, what are the, the key points that you're looking and saying, you know what, what we did this year just wasn't good enough. I'm like retaining about five guys on offense and trying to recruit about 35 new ones. Mm-hmm. To be honest, right. There's, right. Um, first of all, I mean, Stanley's got another year potentially if he wants it. That, that'll be his biggest recruits mm-hmm. if, if he can land that. There's some nice receivers. Obviously, Joyner having to play quarterback, being injured a large part of the year, um, he could certainly make a big jump and be a factor. Singer, where did he come from the last yeah, time? Right, exactly. Right, you you're dabbling in a few playmakers. You mm-hmm. need just some flat out dudes. Right, and again, they're they're deep and deep at running back. I don't know why Stevie Rocker was so underused today, mm-hmm. especially with all the hype that you heard about him. The coaches supposedly loved him. Yeah, I mean, and I do too. I think everybody mm-hmm. does. Why, in the time we've seen him. Right. So, you know, I'd kind of like to get a, a little bit away of the running back rotation and maybe just try to find one or two guys who can who can carry it, carry mm-hmm. the load there. Um, right. But, you know, Dick told me would always go back, go out and get like two stud JC receivers. Mm-hmm. I, I think you find those guys in the in the transfer portal now. Right. I just you just need some playmakers. Right. Now, all right, we got a couple questions here, and I wanted to ask you this because nobody in the press box was fully sure. Why was why was uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name now uh, ejected? Um, the singer. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what uh, what were we missing there? Because nobody saw it. I'm not saying he didn't do something, but was that was that evident on TV? I don't think uh, I was kind of taken at the time. I don't think they ever showed it. They were busy showing replays of Michael Wiley's touchdown and if we got in mm-hmm. but I don't unless I missed it I did not see or they did not show what he did to get ejected right right yeah I wasn't so strange you know the whole game of course was filled with strange often unique things and that was one of them okay so and then um let's see here uh 
I think Alita and Andy Taylor put on here, they say, um, we need to clean up the penalties and the turnovers. And yeah, I mean, you know, that's, you hear that age old adage all the time, you know, with good coaches where they say the first thing that when you bring in a good coach is they stop beating themselves. Now, listen, I mean, especially when you're dealing with a talent deficiency, you've got enough problems all the way across the board to where I, you can't be giving up 30 yards in penalties. You can't be giving up offsides that go from a fourth and five to a fourth and or a fourth and six to a fourth and one. That just can't really, that can't really happen. So that's kind of where I look at that. Um, what do you, as far as just what, what your expectations were going into the season, what would Anthony Chimino's grade be for this squad? For the team, for the coaching staff. Just, yeah, relative to expectations, yeah. The most important thing to me was seeing how Jed Fish kept the team together through all the losing. We knew the losing was going to come. Right. They weren't in any stretch of the imagination ever going to have a great season, ever going to get to a bowl game. They just weren't that, that kind of team. Right. And they didn't have that kind of talent. So the, the test was always great. You rally some enthusiasm in the offseason. People may have been – you may have changed some minds, may have converted some hearts. But what was the team going to do when they started to lose? Mm-hmm. By and large, I think he held the group together. Right. They still looked. I mean, they're down three scores in the fourth quarter. They're still mm-hmm. playing pretty hard against ASU trying to make right. something so in that sense that was the most important thing to me I think he he's a few weeks away from keeping the recruiting class together that would be another huge huge important thing as far as the wins you know really should have it should have been more than one obviously it could it should have at least been two with NAU right um, and you were competitive one score with six six of your pack Right. I mean, you were in it. So many, I can't even remember, but you sure should have beaten Washington. Correct. You You should have beaten Utah. You should have beat Washington. You should have beat Utah. And I think that's improvement. And I don't want to, you know, make it out like, you know, you're basically, you know, giving kudos to the, you know, the three-legged giraffe for finishing the race. But at the same time, though, and sorry if that's a weird comparison, but um, the the one thing though that I look at with this with this team though is that they did battle and I think coming on the heels of the Sumlin era where basically no I mean in that ASU game last year listen ASU was better than Arizona no doubt they weren't 70 to 7 better than Arizona because they just weren't they just weren't well, that you know the thing under Sumlin um maybe we go back to last year Rich Rod they mm-hmm. would I mean you go back and look at their game they're down right. 35 nothing in the second quarter, 42 right. to nothing in the second quarter. There were multiple, there were several games like that where mm-hmm. they were just out of the ASU game was one of them. They're down 14 nothing to ASU last year, and a full minute has not gone off the clock yet. Right. There weren't those games this year. Mm-hmm. There weren't. Yeah, exactly. And well, in I mean, games, we're again, we're setting the bar super low, but I think he cleared that, he cleared that bar. Made the competitive. If you're an Arizona fan, you may not like the one in the other But I also don't think this team was embarrassed. Right, which is, I think, pretty much all that you're really going for at this point. Now, my other question would be, and uh, the White Panda 10 right here, uh, coming in with a lot of great points, he said, 
Um, he said, uh, Anthony said, who are some of the guys that are at the t- should be at the top of the DC list? Now, this is far more your avenue than my avenue. Where just some of the names that you know they don't have to be accurate, but who who are the kind of people that who are the kind of people that right? Who are the kind of people that Anthony Shimino would be looking at? Well, he's talking about Chris Partridge there, right? The correct, uh, yeah, who was with Don Brown at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this was his first year at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, Ole Miss has done some nice things this year. Most of the attention's on Lane Kiffin and his offense, but that just from a resume, he's young, uh, forty-one, maybe looking to become his. He's only co-DC, I believe, at Ole Miss. Is that right, Mike? Right. Correct, yes. So this would be a chance to run his own show. Again, he's 41 years old, familiar with Don Brown's style. Um, knowing Jed Fish, there may be a connection there somewhere. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But that name in particular makes a lot of sense to me. I know you're, some of your buddies have thrown that one out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those are the kind of names that I think you're looking at. Yeah. Which it, and you know what? If you can get somebody of that caliber, that's certainly something that you're uh, you're going to be more than okay with. Because I think the one thing that you saw with Marcel Yates, or excuse me, with this defense as opposed to the Marcel Yates teams, is that you didn't see the easy yards. And what I mean by the easy yards is you didn't get. Um, you didn't give the 10 yards off of every single you know wide receiver, all the free releases. You didn't really see that this way. There were so many more tackles for loss this year. Uh, more press coverage, more stunts up front. And that's all Don Brown. That's in Don Brown's DNA. Mm-hmm. It did not translate to turnovers. And there's right. still huge criticism, but, you know, the, the safety play wasn't good. A lot of times you get a lot of turnovers from your safety. Mm-hmm. That didn't, you know, those guys weren't great. They need an upgrade there. Um, linebackers were often hurt. But the uh, while the defensive front got more tackles for loss, more sacks, so there were so very few of those uh, you know, stripping the quarterback of the ball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now you saw, you've seen like you know when Arizona football has been really really good, whether that was it with the you know with the Desert Swarm, whether that was you know I mean heck even with Rich Rod teams you know where you had a Scooby Wright that really impactful pass rusher. Do you have that guy on this? Do you have that guy on this team? And if so. Where do you go about getting that person? Because as we've seen, those are not easy because generally those guys are claimed by pretty much other schools. Yeah. And right now, when you start searching the West Coast for those guys, they're going to Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama and Texas and all those other schools. So you can be able to find some of those guys somewhat under the radar, but you'd be able to find them within your recruiting footprint. But Cali's losing so many guys to other schools and other conferences that it's even getting harder. But you know, the Desert Swarm guys just did it a different way. I mean, they were they were obviously all timers up front, but they could do it without crazy schemes. I mean, they would run their base defense times in a row, right? And it was effective. Partly right. because it was the scheme itself was unique. Mm-hmm. The guys up front were so the good. double eagle flex. I mean, I've, I, you know, some sometimes you see some revisionist history and maybe younger guys, younger than you, Mike, but younger guys who talk about the Desert Swarm era 
and they think it was like this super aggressive lit tapping no. group. Now they played their four man front, ran the same stuff every pretty much every play. And they were just too good. And it worked because you had a guy in the middle and Rob Waldrop that basically blew off uh, or excuse me, that blew, you know, blew up everything right there. And, you know, that was something that was totally uh, that was totally different that you haven't really seen before there. Um, now, uh, Stanley Berryhill, the coach just said, is going to um, basically recruit and try to bring him back. And like you just said, Anthony, that's exactly that's what you want to do. That's the number one guy. That's the number one recruit. So if right. you were doing, if Mike, if you were doing, if you were ranking MVPs of Arizona season, I know you're looking for a quiet spot there. Mm-hmm. So, go, go find Rivera. He didn't say much. No, that is a good point, right? So who oh. would be your three MVPs of the season? I think right now you would be well, Stan Hill for sure. I think that's, I think Stan Hill's pretty much a no-brainer. You would look at, gosh. Um, because the people that I think going into the year that we thought would maybe be playmakers didn't turn out to be. I thought Michael Wiley was a guy that was going to have a nice, uh, you know, yeah. nice potential. He didn't really do much this year. Yeah, um, like game. yeah, he had a nice game. But, you know, I mean, when you start out on the Doak Walker award list, I mean, that's something that you uh, you probably expect a little bit more out of. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I thought Trayvon Mason was pretty good this year. Um, and, uh, you know, on the, the defense – What's that? Keon Bars was pretty good. Keon Bars was pretty good as well. I, I would imagine that they'll probably get some honorable mention all-pack uh, looks. But uh, the guys that I think you really needed to emerge, you needed a Christian Roland Wallace or an Isaiah Rutherford or one of those DBs on the backside to really emerge. And you never that never really occurred. No, for, you know, their names. Yeah, and they you know, I, at first that's kind of cool, but then when you see that you're still giving up a lot of passing yards, yeah. maybe that's not cool. Yeah, I thought oh. both those guys were going to have some bigger years. I did, I did as well. And then, if you're not getting great, uh, if you're not getting great safety or excuse me, great corner play, it helps if you've got a safety back there or somebody in the Christian Young uh, mindset that can make some plays. And that just never really happened there either, Anthony. This was just a you know from Christian Young to uh, um, uh, drawing a blank now on. Uh, uh, Jaden Young. I mean, guys like that. You just never really had anybody that emerged as a playmaker. No, there was really nobody on that back end that I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure quarterbacks feared or really kept away from. So right. I would go. I think I would go Barry Hill, Don Brown, Kyle Ostendorf. Oh, I, you know, what? I was going to say, if you want, I am more than okay with going with Kyle Ostendorp right there. And you know what? A lot of people say, well, that's, you know, generally not what you want from the punter. But I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, beggars can't be choosers in this regard. So, yes, he was a guy that I thought far outperformed expectations. Another thing that outperforms expectations, and you should have high ones to begin with, is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Get on there. New customers only. Throw down dollar bet on any NFL game, and guess what? You end up getting a hundred dollars in free plays if either team scores. Guess what? Some team's gonna score, and you can go with what you want. Heck, maybe you th- say to yourself, "I liked Auburn to cover against Alabama today," and it and ends up working. They did, and they did, but they didn't but- get the W. But they didn't get the dub right. Exactly. So that's the kind of stuff that you can do at DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. Uh, you have a pie Duke uh, threw on here again. I think this is a, a guy that every year, every couple of years, there's always a guy. 
that you hear and people say, oh, he's going to be big time for us or he's going to be this is going to be the guy that's going to take over. And it just and a lot of times it just doesn't happen. Anthony Pandy's that guy, you know, I mean, not a bad player by any means, but, you know, every, we've had multiple coaching staffs now talk about how they expected him to be kind of a difference maker. And Anthony, that's just never really quite developed. He just never has quite been become that guy. No, he's been good. I mean, he's been he's been a Pac-12 level player. Mm-hmm. Was he a superstar? Is he going to get some All Conference honors? No, none of that. He had a nice. He had right. a, another guy who had a nice game during the season. Right, right. Um, I mean, he's been he's been a really good player. Arizona's been fortunate to have him. Um, led the team in tackles. Had some position flexibility that came in handy. But did he become a superstar? I mean, he wasn't. He didn't even get quite to the Holland Schooler, Tony Fields level. Right. And, you know, in all fairness, there's nothing totally wrong with that because Tony no. Fields went on to play in the NFL. Yeah, if, you had, if you had a bunch of Anthony Pandys, that would be a better defense. Yes. So let me ask. of 11 Anthony Pandys, but if you had a few of those mixed with a couple superstars, you'd be all right. All right, let me ask you this. How far away is this team from being mediocre? Five or six wins. Twenty twenty-three. Okay. So what are you looking at next year? Three or four win season? Three to four wins and maybe five to six. And then Then you happens. got your own guys and kind of see what goes from there. Yeah. If you're good and we really don't know we don't know yet, right? We don't know right. how good Jed Fish is gonna be in terms of the whole roster building and making guys better. You know, we just know what he's done so far. It doesn't doesn't inform us as to what's still down the road if he can handle that. Mm. I would say year four, you're looking at okay, now we're thinking seven or eight wins, but I think you're looking at adding a couple wins every year. This is the season two. This is the season two that you're going to want to hop on to uh, uh, PHNX Sports, the AZ Wildcats podcast, because you've got a lot of really good stuff going on with Arizona Athletics. And i got a few minutes left here, and I wanted to talk about something a little bit more pleasant um, with Anthony. I wanted to get Anthony on the post game against Michigan. But you know what? As Anthony said, he's got a real job, and you know what? He's got to get his sleep. I understand. Yes, I, I understand for sure. But I did want to get your take on what we've seen so far from the Tommy Lloyd era, because quite frankly, I mean, I'm not saying this team's going to win the championship, but this has been refreshing beyond belief. And it kind of reminds you of old times. Super fun. You're going to keep breaking records on the podcast as Arizona basketball goes through this season. No joke. People are just people are hungry for this. Hungry for some winning, but they're also hungry for a fun, entertaining brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. And so, that's what he's provided. Oh, I mean, he, absolutely. He, you know, you know what I've noticed too about it that's interesting is that when he talks about running, the one thing that they do is when they get the ball, they they get the ball and they push it with the pass because guess what? As John Wooden said, you can you can you know cover more uh, cover more space with the pass than a run or than a, a dribble, and there's a pass or two and they're already at the rim off of a rebound off of an inbounds. It, like I said, it's just something that we haven't seen really here since the heyday of loot. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Miller won some games and that's great. Uh, Miller won a lot of games and, you know, he was very successful at times, but nobody ever said, man, that's exciting basketball to watch so far with Tommy Lloyd. This is exciting basketball to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can make the case that when they were twenty-two and zero or whatever that was when Brandon Ashley got hurt, mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. That was still fun, mm-hmm. but this is a little more exhilarating. Mm-hmm. And again, there's there's many ways to win in college basketball. Right. I know you hate the pack line and especially Virginia, mm-hmm. but they won. You know, I mean, Sean Miller should have could have gone to multiple Final Four. Correct. Oh yeah, in that style. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Not going to mm-hmm. bash his style, but this is a lot more fun. And and I like it's just not only stylistically, but in terms of the culture, because you can tell the guys are having fun. Right. And exactly. If the guys are having fun. There's going to be more success. Especially and I think when you get into the tournament games and, you know, you're not feeling that all of that pressure. And let's talk a little bit, too, before we sign off about Christian Coloco, because honestly, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody make this kind of jump in this quick of a time period that I can really remember. I mean, he's now showing up on NBA mock drafts in the top 10 to 15. And, you know, it might be a little bit early, but you can certainly see where NBA teams have probably taken a real interest in Mr. Coloco. Yeah, the biggest the biggest surprise is he's actually a go-to guy offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought, okay, this is going to be a nice guy. He's going to provide some defense. He's going to clean up some stuff around the rim. I didn't think he would be like uh, – He's a monster. I mean, I'm not sure he's the first option, but he can be the first option. Right. You, you throw the ball down, and he's got a dribble and a move, uh, and he can score. He's got that little hook down that you can't touch, and he's still doing all that other stuff. He's still cleaning up a bunch of stuff. He's – I don't know if he can keep this pace up defensively, but he's going to smash your buddy Lauren Wood's block record. I haven't seen really – and the problem that kind of stinks for Jordan Hill when he was here is that he was in that transition period between loot, has to play for KO Pennell. But everybody knew how good, you know, Jordan Hill was. It was just a, it was just unfortunate for him that he didn't get to play for a vintage Arizona team to see what, you know. But Lauren Woods was really the last center that I think could impose like this. Channing was really good, but Channing was – Channing was just a little bit of a different player. Now, again, he was far more, you know, back to the basket here than he was in the NBA, which isn't saying a ton. Yeah, he didn't take three pointers here. Yes, yes, exactly. But, you know, Lauren Woods, when I think of the dominant centers of that, that's the guy. And Christian Coloco, quite frankly, is reminding me a little bit of him just from his shot blocking prowess. Yeah, he's got he's got really good timing, good instincts. Um, and, you know, being seven foot one is pretty good way to be and seven foot one a fluid seven foot one yeah, i mean, I mean this moves, part, I think, right this whole style of offense suits him well too because he's not a lumbering you know he's he's when you talk about the nba and i didn't know some of the mocks have him so high already but yeah but yeah because he's the guy who's got he's got length and athleticism you don't necessarily need the the very powerful down low bulk like he did way back when in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I think he fits quite well. Right, exactly. Anthony, I can't thank you enough for hopping on here. Uh, a little bit of a different situation here. Um, you've been awesome for us for football, and you know that uh, when Anthony Gimino comes on, he brings viewers with him. So as many basketball games uh, as you can do, you're obviously welcome for all of those, AG. All right, Mike. We will uh, 
You'll probably get me on some weekends. How about that? <laughs> well, I appreciate it. For uh, Anthony Jamino, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank <laughs> you.